following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here it is, another edition of the Players' Lounge as we get ready to see if the Cowboys can defeat the New York football Giants in their first NFC East contest of the season. Now, it's interesting because a lot of fans are frustrated the Cowboys are 1-3 in three at this point in time. But as we dive into this show today here are the Players' Lounge brought to you by Players uh, Hotels.com, Danny McRae, Barry Church, we have a firing in the National Football League. Bill O'Brien is no longer the head coach and general manager of the Houston Texans. So, I'll start with you, McCray. Your thoughts about this move? I'm getting, I'm getting a little echo, but uh, yeah, you know, since, since, since that is the hometown, it's about damn time. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> They're they going to let this dude run the team into the H-Town. ground. They, they, and then they let them make all these mistakes and then fire them. You give away all your draft picks for next year, all the, all the, all the really, really important ones. You trade away your best weapon, and then you're not even there anymore. Like, this is it's too late for them to do it, but I'm glad he's out of there. And, you know, I kind of feel sorry for the guy who comes in next because he doesn't have much to work with besides Deshaun Watson. But, you know, it's time for some new blood up there. So I, I think he did a good job of getting rid of them, getting rid of them now. Yeah, H Town, huh? I mean, you're right, man. You hit it right on the right on the right on the nail, man. I mean, it was it was about time this dude got fired. Um, I heard a great quote today. It was it said um, the GM Bill O'Brien got the head coach Bill O'Brien fired, and I mean, I think that's that's exactly right. I mean, you just noted all the moves he made, all those offseason moves he made that pretty much accomplished nothing, and it made the team um, a heck of a lot worse. And uh, that's why you see, you know, teams don't have usually have the head coach running everything like that because, I mean, it's, it's a multiple job and you, and you got to stay focused on your players. And if you're the GM, you're always looking for more talent. So, I mean, it was a contradiction and uh, it kind of cost him his job, I feel like. I mean, you hit the head right on the nail when you said those, those draft picks that they all got for Laramie Tunsil. I mean, where has that shown? And then you went and you traded DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably a, a top three receiver in the game, and you traded him for, I mean, Running back in, in David Johnson, who's he's pretty good, but I mean, no one's saying he's a top running back in the league. So uh, for me, those GM moves got the man fired. And um, like Danny said, it's about time. When I look at Bill O'Brien, by the way, I knew he scrunched, forgot to say my name here as we start the Players' Lounge podcast, brought to you by Hotels.com. When I looked at what Bill O'Brien was doing, I was saying to myself, well, this guy wants to be a college football coach because the college football coach to no one, all right? He, he, he coaches the players, he recruits the players. I mean, he has full time. And most times, athletic director just shakes his head at whatever the, you know, the head coach wants. So to me, Bill O'Brien's got to ask himself, do you want to go back to a place like Penn State where you, know, you get to do everything and everybody just cows town, cow towns and says yes, 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 and nobody questions you? Or do you want to coach in the National Football League? Because if he coaches again, he will have to get along with the general manager. And he ran Rick Smith. And Rick Smith is the guy, by the way, who went out and made the trade for Deshaun Watson, the quarterback. Then they bring in Brian Gain. He runs off Brian Gain, then takes control of everything and runs it in the ground. So I think Bill O'Brien 
do some searching within himself to ask himself, what do I want to be? Because if you want to control everything, go coach in college. You could be like Dabo and Lincoln Riley and Ed Ogeron. Those guys run the whole show. Nick Saban runs the whole show. But you're not going to be Bill Belichick in the National Football League. You're not going to be Pete Carroll. You're not going to be Kyle Shanahan. These are coaches who have general managers that they handpicked, but they run the whole thing. Anybody who would allow Bill O'Brien to run the whole thing is a fool, okay? Absolute <laughs> fool. Because I, I don't care how much you don't like DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins makes plays. DeAndre Hopkins was your quarterback's best friend out there on the football field. And, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was catching balls when they had dudes like Ryan Fitzpatrick back there and Brock Osweiler. I mean, this guy was making a Pro Bowl with those dudes as the quarterback, and you get rid of him, and then you try to lie and say, well, you know what, he wanted to get paid, so, you know, we, we had to let him go. It's wide receiver, <laughs> man. Stop this. Stop acting like he was trying to get a Deshaun Watson-type contract. Bill O'Brien didn't get along with the player, and that's, an, that's a mistake. I thought Bill Parcells had a great line. It was Bill Belichick was telling the story that uh, when he was, Bill was the, Bill Belichick was the off, uh, defense coordinator for the Giants. He had a meeting. And Lawrence Taylor was late for the meeting. And he goes and he tells Parcells, like, hey, hey, you know, LT was late for a meeting. And Parcells said to him, should have started the meeting later. Because Parcells knew <laughs> LT was the team. If we were going to win on Sunday, we needed LT. So you may want to go ahead and push your meeting back a little bit because under no circumstances am I sitting Lawrence Taylor or benching Lawrence Taylor or finding Lawrence Taylor because I need Lawrence Taylor. And both men wear two Super Bowl rings with the Giants because Lawrence Taylor was the most dominating defensive player that, uh, that I know I've ever seen. But this is a guy, Bill O'Brien, like so many of these dudes who come away from this Belichick operation who somehow think they're Bill, who somehow think they're bigger than anything else. <laughs> and Bill O'Brien truly proved that he wasn't. And I give Cal McNair credit. Fire this guy. Fans don't like him. The players were turning against him. Get rid of the guy. And I thought Houston made a right move. Well, you, you think, about, think about how out of touch he had to be with his players because you said that, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and DeAndre Hopkins were f best friends on the field. They were also damn near best friends off the field as well. I mean, off the field as well. So you go in there and you mess up the chemistry of the locker room because you personally don't like a guy. And this is your quarterback's best friend, both on and off the field and also your best playmaker. It just does not make any sense. And they, they, so you're a GM and you're, and you're, getting, you're taking things personal. And then you run the team into the, like I can tell you from going home and listen to some of the uh, some of my friends and family that were really really Texas fans they couldn't wait for Bill O'Brien to get out of here they, but they but the only thing different is they thought that they would have to go 0 and 16 for him to get fired so they are celebrating like it's Mardi Gras out there they throwing beads and, and parades and everything is so happy that <laughs> Bill O'Brien's out of there I, I guarantee you it is excitement Look. in the city of Houston. Look to to, to Nui's point, man. I mean. Um, th these guys, these, they make perfect college coaches. I mean, why do you think, you know, Nick Saban really didn't survive that well uh, when he was in the NFL? I mean, 
you can't talk to college players and NFL players the same way. I mean, and when you get your locker room um, to go against you, I mean, that's that's the end of the script. I mean, there's nothing else you can do because when those guys give up playing for you, there's no effort on the team. There's no effort on the field. I mean, you, you just you're going to have a losing effort. So for me, um, he had to get he had to get the axe. Uh, you never want to want to call for somebody's job. But um, obviously the players spoken and, you know, maybe he'll return back to college, you know, where he did, where he had his most success. But for me, this had to happen. Hold on, Church. So, so are you saying that's how the players feel about Nolan? You know, no effort. Whoa, 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 Oh no! I mean, there's a lot of loafing going on, but I wasn't talking about Mike. <laughs> Danny, Danny, I love how you're starting to understand this whole thing and how it works. Because I started with Bill O'Brien to slide it right on into Mike Nolan <laughs> to simply say to all you Cowboy fans out there, Mike Nolan is not getting fired. Mike Nolan is a topic conversation that came up for head coach Mike McCarthy yesterday uh, during the uh, presser, and I made sure I was on that conference call. Mike Nolan says. Uh, Mike Nolan has not lost the confidence of the head coach, okay? Mike McCarthy is down with Mike Nolan. And I go back and reiterate this one more time. <laughs> when Mike Nolan was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, he made Mike McCarthy his offensive coordinator. He even let Mike McCarthy choose the quarterback that they were going to take in the draft that year. And they selected Alex Smith over some other dude who's from the Bay Area who went to Cal named Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? He didn't fire him. <laughs> he ended up stolen with him. They are boys, okay? He's going to ride with Mike Nolan this year. After the season, maybe the Jones family steps in. But I'm telling you right now, if you're expecting Mike Nolan to get fired, Mike McCarthy basically lets you know he is the guy, and they're not going to get rid of him. So, Cowboy fans, so, stop it. Just stop that whole so, thought process. So so we're saying no matter what, no matter if we get drummed by another 300-yard rusher and a guy from McDonald's that comes out here and rushes for 100 more yards, so no matter what happens, we're saying we're sticking with Mike Nolan for the rest of the year. That's I don't what believe Mark, that. Mike McCarthy said. Mike McCarthy said right. he hasn't <laughs> lost faith in him. Now, so, okay, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's week four. Now, okay, now here's <laughs> – I'll throw this out here because this is the next thing of how this whole coaching thing works, okay, how coaches work. So let's say it continues to be bad. Well, then the head coach and the defensive coordinator will go to management and say, is it the carpenter or is it the carpenter's tools? Look at these dudes on defense. I don't have Sean Lee. Ooh. I don't have Leighton Vanderesh. You know, you guys told me Christian Hill could, could Tristan Hill could play. Can't play. You all signed on Terry Pope. He's trash. I mean, that's the next thing you do to cover. So that's same, what coaches do all the time. So the same day, but so the same day, but in their own job, <laughs> they gonna throw these players under the bus. Yeah, I'm gonna say, let's let's let, hold on, no, 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 let, let's knock that down. I don't want to hear nothing about Tristan Hill because the coaches raved about him. Saying that he was going to be the player, all right. So I don't want to hear nothing about that. And we talked about this yesterday. It ain't scheme. It ain't. It ain't none of that. It's effort. Like a lot of these mistakes could be could be taken away with eyes. 
but mainly effort. The, the, you could have won the game just based off effort. So it, it ain't about guys not being able to play. It's the attitude of the guys on the squad. So they can't go in there and be yelling at Will and them. They need to get their players to play inspired. That's them. Will ain't in there coaching. So, they they just picking so the, the players and putting them out there and telling the coaches to uh you know I'm, put them so in a the, position to make the play. I'm just so the question you, is the, real the quick. Co- the coaching. This is the coaching mo though. I mean, you see this all the time. I mean, did you hear what Matt Patricia said? Okay, after the Lions got beat. A reporter asked him, hey, what makes you the right guy for this team? And this dude said, when we got here, we had a lot to fix. They were not in seven. They haven't sniffed sniffed a good record since Patricia's been there. But... Back, back to the boys, though. So are we saying that these, this defense has given up on this coaching staff? Is that what we're saying? I, I don't think. By the way, in. fellas, we got some breaking news. Okay, got some breaking news on? here. All right. Um, the Cowboys have cut Brandon Carr, defensive back, and offensive tackle Alex Light. They've been released. Uh, offensive tackle uh, Greg Sinnott is added to the active roster, and offensive tackle William Sweet was signed to the practice squad. So these are moves that have just uh, happened here, according to Todd Archer of ESPN.com. So these are moves the Cowboys have just made. So Brandon Carr, Re- gone. So really quick on that one. So I had two parts, I guess. Can't, since we cut B. Carr, is he able to sign back on the practice squad? Or once you've been cut, or once you've been on the practice squad and been cut and released, you can't come back? Good question here. Because that, that move to me makes no sense, especially with the way this secondary has struggled. I mean, you would think they would need as much depth as possible back Church. there, but, I mean, that, that's, that's a confusing move to me. Church, Church, have you heard these coaches talk? They believe that the players that they have are good enough to have a successful defense. Oof. This is being reiterated week in and week out. So believe me, they're to not me, worried about <laughs> they don't me, see the same thing when, we see. To me, when did good enough become the standard? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when did this <laughs> just become like, you know, hey, hey we we're good enough to, to we're good enough to go out there and play. Like I I thought we wanted to be great out here, man. I thought we wanted to win a division. I thought we wanted to be great. I mean, just this, this standard it just seems to go in down and down and Church, down. Listen, Next thing you know they got to like, hey, if you all right, you, you can gotta, come. You can, if you all right, you can You got to be realistic, bro. Church, you got to be realistic. Right. After after watching week one, you got to say, listen, uh, listen, we need some guys who can just play. And we can just get some guys who go out there and just do something. You watch the same thing I watch. You, listen, you know what these guys are not going to be. They are not going to be a number like a top 10 defense. It ain't going to happen. So your standard does have to be lower. We need some guys who will get out there and hustle. That, 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 that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Give me some guys who will get out there and sprint to the ball. Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll, um, get, we'll probably. We'll, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Billy. Go ahead. We got time let just, left. Go ahead. Just, let me just throw a little bit more into this here, and I'm reading this off DallasCowboys.com. Uh, it says the club is currently at 51 players on the 53-man roster, but could be hoping to get injured cornerback Anthony Brown back soon. Brown was placed on the injured reserve on September 19th, the day before Week Two against Atlanta. Players must spend a minimum of three weeks on IR before being eligible to return. So that would mean week two, three, four. So maybe Carr is gone because they're getting Brown back. And anyway, just just this is all breaking as we're just talking about it. So uh, that's that, that that that's what I got. Hey, let's squeeze in a break here. Uh, let me try and dig a little bit more into this here as 
Brandon Carr is cut from the Dallas Cowboys as they're making some roster moves here. You're checking out the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, joined by Barry Church and Danny McRae right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tight Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. All right, Cowboys fans, have your have you picked up your new gear for the 2020 season? All new styles are arriving now. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shopdallascowboys.com for the newest arrivals. Make sure you're rolling around out here in style. You are checking out the Players' Lounge. We do it every Monday through Friday at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. I'm Dewey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church and Danny McRae. So, Brandon Carr, your biggest news, cut by the Dallas Cowboys. So, I'm expecting Anthony Brown to be uh, up and ready to go when they face the New York football giants here. All right, fellas. Uh, Snacks Harrison isn't coming to town here. That doesn't look like there's going to be safety help around here. Uh, Donovan Wilson, uh, Mike McCarthy would not uh, commit that, that he would be starting this weekend instead of Darian Thompson. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Those are the additions <laughs> as they get ready to face the New York football giants. The Cowboys are 1-3. and three, The Giants are 0-4. Oh Woohoo. Listen, here we go again. Listen, why why not keep the most experienced person on your defense in your defensive uh, secondary? You know, why not give them a shot to really go out there and play? I don't understand. This don't make no sense. <laughs> None of the moves are making sense, and this is this is going to become a common theme of this entire season. We are not going to understand anything. One because they they act like they play everything so close to the chest, and we're starting to see why because it doesn't make sense. And if you showed us this early in the week, we would be like, what the heck is going on? Exactly, and I, I just, 
I don't understand it either. I mean, like you said, he's your most veteran guy out there. I mean, even if he's not, you know, starting or playing, he can at least from the sidelines kind of be an extra coach out there, kind of get these guys in the right spot, maybe more discipline. But uh, that's another head-scratching move from this coaching staff. And you brought up, you know, Donovan Wilson as a, at the safety spot. Uh, you know, no disrespect to him. You know, I feel like he might grow into, and develop into, you know, who knows? He might develop into a great safety. But, I mean, we're, we're in panic mode right on on defense. And, and he's not going to be the answer. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, we go out in free agency and, you know, Earl or Eric Reed or Snacks Harrison, um, you know, those guys might not be the answer either. But they'll sure be an upgrade. And they'll sure help this defense. So, uh, for me, you know, it's just a lot of head-scratching moves so far with this uh, coaching staff. A- answer let, me let this. Me put up- what- let me put on my Mickey Spagnola hat right here, because because I, when I would ever chat with Mickey, Mickey would always you know bring up a point like this: it wasn't as if they were playing Brandon Carr, despite all the issues. They had no point said, "Hey, Brandon, get on out here," and, and gave him a whole lot of snaps. So if they weren't giving him a lot of snaps, doesn't that say something about the way the coaches felt about Brandon Carr? No, li- listen, listen, let me tell you something. If you could, if any one of y'all can sit here and tell me after watching Worley play on Sunday that Brandon Carr <laughs> wouldn't have put out a better performance than that, then, 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 then I'll get off the show right now. I will get off the show. Well, listen, I watched TV today. I saw the man come on a perfect, because yesterday I was going to say, man, listen, if they run it down our throat like that, why are we not running corner blitzes to try to stop the run? Oh, we did. Worley ran straight past the running back, and they, and they go for 40. And then, and then Odell walks him off the line, and you see the guy backpedaling into the end zone. Odell was going to score no matter what. The dude was three yards deep in the end zone. You telling me Brandon Carr couldn't do better than that? You wouldn't even give and him a was, shot? And he was on the goal line. Like, what you backing up for? <laughs> oh, you only got eight yards to defend. There's, I mean, there's, there's no – he ain't like he can get past you and burn you for 40 yards, big dog. Like – that was the that was one of the most confusing little plays I've seen there. And then you got your safety, who Donovan Wilson is goal line, and he's up there with the linebackers. Like <laughs> they pay those dudes all that money to stop the run, man. There's one receiver on that side, and his name is Odell. Why won't you lean a little bit? That you have no responsibility in the run. That just goes to show you how disciplined this uh, this defense is right now. But but that's the point. You, you don't give the most disciplined and experienced guy a shot to do better than Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. He can at least go out there and show that he could he, he could do something. He ain't gonna give up no bombs like we've seen so far. I mean like I said, man, another head scratching move, man. All right, so I will put my Mickey Spagnola hat away since you guys just shot that down. All right. All right. Uh, let's let's move on over to the other side of the football. Joe Looney, the Cowboys' starting center, is uh, out with a knee injury. It's an MCL, so rookie Tyler Biotish takes over. Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, have they, they are, they've got no issues with him. Who's play, the kids played uh, 133 snaps. This was a guy that Mike McCarthy had high praise for that he watched when he was at Wisconsin. So uh, your thoughts, Church, on mm-hmm. Joe Looney, being out right now and now a rookie taking over having to make the calls uh for this cowboys uh team look um you know if this was you know if this was travis frederick or something going down and we had you know tyler biotish coming in for him 
I'd be a little bit worried. Um, nothing against you know Joe Looney because I think he's a heck of a player, but um, he, I think he's more situated in that backup role in that swing offensive lineman role. Like if somebody goes down, he can come in and give you quality reps. Um, but you know, this Tyler Biotis guy, he got it in the fourth round. Um, he had an impressive camp, and he looked he looked pretty impressive when he filled in. Um, I believe he came in in that Seattle game. Um, and he looked pretty impressive. And I thought he was going to get to start heading into this Cleveland game, but they had given it to Joe Looney. So uh, for me, I don't see this as a huge, a huge injury, especially with this offensive line as, as patchwork as it's been. I think Biata yeah. should be able to get in there and um, pretty much hold down the fort. Um, so hopefully, you know, Joe Looney will get healthy and then he'll just be another added depth piece for this offensive line. But I think uh, the fourth rounder should uh, should be pretty good out there at center. Yes, same here. I'm not really worried. This, this, this may sound crazy, but with everything that's going on with the Cowboys, I think the one unit that we've really expected to just be total, total horrible just based on the injuries that happen is the O-line. And somehow they've been able to kind of hold it together, you know, minus, you know, the coach is not not helping them out when they when they're going against a Miles Garrett, you know, have <laughs> on a rookie minus that these guys have, have, have held up, you know, Dax back there throwing it 60 times. He's not getting sacked the crazy amount of times. He's not just, you know, under pressure like crazy. He's able to complete his throws and follow through. So I'm not really worried. I think I think they have a, you know, a, a good thing going on the O-line. They're able to, to mix and match it and, and have those guys, you know, create some production. I did ask Kellen Moore about that yesterday. And it was, I was the first person on the call, and, and I just said, okay, can you explain, was Terrence Steele supposed to get some help on those two Miles Garrett sacks, or did you guys leave him out there by himself? And if so, why did you leave a rookie out there against a, a high, highly productive defensive end? And he's like, oh, okay, wow, we're going right there, huh? And then he gave a flim-flam answer. And I'm just sitting to myself, yeah, Kellen, I'm going right there because I'd like to know what exactly are you guys doing? And I kept, I mean, I'm, dude, it makes me so mad as I read people say all these negative things about Terrence Seal. Oh, he's bad. He sucks. He's this. He's cr-. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is an undrafted rookie. The Cowboys put him out here. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking this guy comes to camp. He's just hoping to make the team. Expecting to go play, and he's not expecting to go play against Miles Garrett, and they give him no help. I mean, this is criminal. Brian Baldinger, and whenever he does his Baldies, um, he, he does a great Baldies breakdowns. He's breaking the play down, and he's looking at, hey man, they're not giving this guy any help. This is coaching malfeasance. Okay, that's what Kellen Moore and, and Mike McCarthy committed against Terrence Steele. But the fan looks at the player, just says, oh, this guy's baloney. He stinks. This isn't on the player. I go to a guy that the it's, Cowboys had last year and Cam Fleming. Cam Fleming started a Super Bowl for the New England Patriots. But you know what they did with that guy? They gave him help throughout the year because they knew he was limited. That's what good coaches do. They cover up the warts. They ain't cover up the warts for that kid, and they benched him, and I thought that was bad on the coaches. Yeah, what did Kellen Moore, what did he mean by, oh, we're going straight there? I mean, what did you expect? I mean, he's the <laughs> offensive coordinator, and he's talking about, oh, we're just going to go straight there, huh? You left an undrafted rookie in his fourth career NFL start out there butt-booty naked against arguably <laughs> one of the best <laughs> prolific pass rushers in the NFL right now. I mean, if if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm like, man, what, what are y'all thinking out there? I mean, it, Kellen Moore, like, I, once again, we need to have a segment 
<laughs> called Head, Head Scratching Tuesdays or Head Scratching Wednesdays. I'm sure it would be jam-packed <laughs> with these coaching decisions because this is just another one along the lines of how you just going <laughs> to – and you just going to put it all on him and bench him like, man, he's the reason this is going on. Nah, man, you got to help the brother out. He's out there <laughs> starving for help, and y'all just going to let him get fed to the vultures, man. I mean, it was just disrespectful and wrong, man. It was wrong. It's – it's horrible, man. Look, we're we going to continue to say it. Start the game off by giving these guys help to boost up their confidence. You're right. You know, he, he doesn't have experience. So the best way you could do that is to give him some help. Let him see that he can get out there and actually make a play against Miles Garrett with a little bit of help. Give him some confidence. And I think he'll play a lot better. But you put him out there on the island by himself at the beginning. He's worried. He's a little nervous. He knows who in front of him. And, and he gets beat. And then that just, that just like, snowballs all the way throughout the entire game. So... You know, I don't think they're going to make those changes, but, you know, I will keep saying it. Um, I look at a guy like Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers, who I think does an excellent job of of covering up the warts of his team. And he had two games last year where he lost his starting tackles. They won those football games. He helped cover it up. Whether you do a quick passing game or whether you tell your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, you know what, you got you to get the ball out of your hands quicker because our guys aren't going to be able to give you that extra second that maybe you're used to. And even for Dak Prescott, on that second play where the strip sack came, He's got to get rid of that ball quicker. you got to know the clock is going to be quick because you'd already seen Miles get to you once. So you already know on this one -on, with this one-on-one -on -one protection out here, um, chances of this dude getting beat are strong. And I just think the way they did that kid, I just thought that was, I thought that was embarrassing. I thought it was embarrassing to the player when it's not on the player, it's on the coaches. The same, we go back to the whole thing with Chaz Green in Atlanta. You bench Chaz Green, you bring in Byron Bell, and you're leaving him out here one-on-one -on -one too, and Adrian Claiborne ran around him. And I'm thinking to myself, well, Byron Bell was the backup for a reason to Chaz Green because you thought Chaz Green was better. So you thought that was a solution? The solution is that you've got to go out here and give these guys help. They're not was tired. Was Kellen here then? The, um, he was here. He was, Kellen was, yes, Kellen was here. I, and oh. I don't know if he was a player or a coach then because he went straight from being a player to a coach, but he was a part of the organization. But it was just absolutely awful, and it's something that they've got, they, they've got to be better at that. And uh, maybe that's another question I'll ask Mike McCarthy later on. Is, hey, why, why did you bench Terrence Steele? What was the reasoning there? Because you put the guy out here, so obviously you thought he was better than Brandon Knight because you thought Brandon Knight was better than you just put him out there at right tackle. But, uh, oh, well. Uh, Jalen Smith is catching some heat. I'll tell you what Jerry Jones had to say about that, what Mike Nolan had to say it, and also Jalen Smith spoke about the goals that he has this year. So let's dive into the Cowboys linebacker who, in my opinion, is taking a little bit too much heat. Next, right here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... 
That's my neighbor, Angus. Deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. To Dallas' frontline responders, thank you. To show its gratitude, Tide is offering free laundry services in Dallas to the families of frontline responders. Simply bring your laundry and your identification to Tide Cleaners, and they will wash it within two days. One thing less for you to worry about. While you take care of us all, Tide will take care of the laundry for the families of frontline responders. To learn more and find a location near you, visit hope.tidecleaners.com. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. Hey, bring some Cowboys game day energy from the Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blues Dancers or Drumline to your next virtual or in-person event. For appearance and performance details, visit DallasCowboys.com slash DCRB. All right. Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blues Dancers. My friend Jenny, Jenny Durbin-Smith. Uh, operates that group out there so they do a good mm-hmm. job you are in the players mm-hmm. lounge i'm newey scruggs this is brought to you by hotels.com we are in our swbc virtual home studios here all right fellas um jalen smith is taking a beating from fans and now there's several media members that are just pouring it on jalen uh charles robinson of yahoo sports he was on Jalen a couple weeks ago. Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News jumped on Jalen last week. And yesterday, Saad Youssef of The Athletic uh, was, was giving it to Jalen. And Mike Nolan ended up defending him. Let me read you a little bit of what Mike Nolan says. He said, quote, I don't know why Jalen takes the criticism he does. He's a good football player. Jerry Jones was asked about... Um, Jalen Smith today on his radio show, 105.3 The Fan, and the Cowboys Hall of Fame owner says, quote, I think Jalen Smith has been courageous in his performance. He gives you everything. Jalen Smith signed a five-year, $64 million deal with $35.5 million guarantee. Averages $11 million a year. Fellas, I'm not sitting up here defending Jalen Smith saying that this guy has been some great player. But I don't understand how Jalen Smith gets all this heat, and the guy who signed the largest contract in Cowboys history, <laughs> people don't say anything about. On Twitter, on, on Facebook, people are like, well, he's always doing that swiping thing, and he just cares about his brand. And I come back and I say, who's out here making Hot Boys gear? Who's out here feuding with the 49ers about the Hot Boys name, trying to trademark it and bringing lawyers involved? It's Tank Lawrence. So why does Jalen get the heat that Tank Lawrence doesn't get? 
why does why don't why is there no heat for a Cheeto Wuzier, a second round pick who has been just a guy? Why is there no heat for Tristan Hill, a second round pick who last year wasn't even in games at times because he was in Marinelli's doghouse and you watch him play this year, he's invisible. Why is everything on Jalen as though he is the reason the Cowboys defense is no good? McCray, help me out. Listen, man, look, the, the fans, they're going to pick somebody. They like Tank. They like the way Tank talks. They like, the, you know, that he, he tells it like it is, the way he talks to the media, the way he talks to other teams and their players. They enjoy that. So, you know, he's a fan favorite. So, you know, they're going to take it easy on him. Jalen, he's not so much of a fan favorite. And some of the stuff that he does is a little bit more obvious. Like, you know, Demarcus Lawrence doesn't get sacks. All right. But then some of the stuff you see Jalen do, you know, giving up touchdowns in the passing game, overrunning, overpursuing, and, you know, get, getting blocked by, uh, get by, by the O-line. It's just a little bit more obvious. So they just look at him, you know, a little bit more. And then once they see one thing and once one fan says one thing about him, then it just catches fire. So he's just, he's just in that spot. And that's part of playing uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, man. The eyes are on you. So you just got to be able to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, you're right about the, the fan favorite part. I mean, the fan, they, they must love how he speaks and, and all that stuff because they haven't really been giving them all that noise. But for me, it, it just comes down to there's more opportunities for you to see Jalen Smith mess up. I mean, like you said, you, you, you'll see him rush the passer and he might be giving off blocks. But with Jalen Smith, it's like, oh, he missed that tackle. It's right in the it's right in the view. It's right on the television. They rewind it for you about five or six times. So it's just more of an opportunity for him to mess up, you know, missing tackles or if he blows a coverage. It just looks like it's more on him. But for me, both of these guys, you know, deserve credit of, of, of how we're doing this so far. I mean, you give the guy 20 million dollars and, you know, he's yet to sniff a sack. So. For me, you know, they both deserve blame. Um, I would put more on DeMarcus Lawrence because his price tag is so much higher and the expectations for him and both Jalen Smith are extremely high. So I think that's why they're both getting all the blame here. You ain't going to see too much about a Wuzier or you're not going to see too much about Tristan Hill just because they're still on their rookie contracts. And with that comes lower expectations. So for me, um, it just has to deal with the expectations for both of them. And they're going to get, you know, the lion's share of the blame. Um, it just happened to be that for Jalen Smith, you know, he's in the spotlight. He's, you know, the cameras are always following him because he's always literally around the ball, whether it be good or it be bad. So for me, it just comes down to he has more opportunities to mess up and be put on screen and put on blast. Yeah, I went and looked at you know the Cowboys draft picks since since Tank Lawrence in the second round. Okay. And when I went back and looked at their second round picks and just said, okay, when I think about second round grade and, and what the players turned out to be so far, um I, I look at James and said, you know, he's probably the best one they've had. So let me ask this. Who's been a better second-round pick in their Cowboy career, Connor Williams or Jalen Smith? I got to go Jalen Smith on this one. Danny? Mm, I'm going to go Jalen Smith. I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, I'll right. I, I go Jalen Smith. Cheeto, Wuzier, or Jalen Smith? i go Jalen Smith again. <laughs> i go Jalen Smith yeah. again. I, I, I'm a, I'm, listen, I'm going to go Jalen Smith, but I, I'm not going to say that Jalen Smith played great. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go Jalen Smith. I, I, don't, okay, I, don't, okay. I don't think that's much of a – Okay. Okay. Tristan Hill or Jalen Smith? <laughs> Jalen Smith. My man, my, my, my man just now sniffing the field. That ain't, ain't a what? question. He, he didn't even – Do not his ball sleep – 
Right. Yeah, dude falling asleep in meetings. He didn't even, he couldn't even get on the field last year. So it's Jalen Smith over there. Uh, and Stefan Diggs just, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, Stefan Diggs' little brother, he just got here. So when I just start looking at these second-round picks that the Cowboys have had, I mean, Jalen Smith is a guy who made the Pro Bowl as an alternate. Um, and look, they gave him a second contract here. But when I, you know, either the Cowboys got some other issues here with these second-round picks, but this dude is not the devil that is absolutely killing you the way everybody puts it out there. Is, is he having a season that's good? No. But is anybody on that defense having a season that is good? No. Nah. I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to understand why everybody's put the X on this guy like, yeah, man, you are the problem. Uh, no. He's a part of it. There's no doubt he's a part of the problem. But fans somehow thinking that this dude is the problem, I got to say, I just don't believe it, fellas. I, I just don't believe it. I just don't I get why he's question. the guy. I, yeah. I got a quick question, man. I understand the Jalen Smith and all that stuff, but where the hell has Tyron Crawford been? I mean, is, is he injured? <laughs> I, I mean, what, what, that's my dog and everything, Ooh. but man, hold on now. You talk about <laughs> We talk about contracts in highway robbery now. I mean, <laughs> has he been on the field? I mean, I, 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 know I saw I've him on the side. Talk about Tristan there. Hill. Talk about Antoine Woods. Talk right. about Poe. Is he supposed to be in there too? He's supposed to be in that rotation. And I mean, I, I it just blows you know, my church, mind. What's going on, church? Church. The, wor- the worst part about this is last year I said on this on this uh, on this show and I talked about how. You know, with, with Crawford coming back, the leadership in the locker room was going to be a little different. So you, you should expect to see, you know, something different there. And it's been, it been it's not been that. It's been the opposite. So, I, you know, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and admit that because I don't understand. I will do this. I want to give a shout out to our best defensive player who, who was released. Uh, you know, before the start of the season, and then brought back on 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 the, on the team, uh, CJ Goodwin, our first go uh, first uh, guest on the show. He has been the spotlight for for people who play defense on there. If you watch special teams, he's been making right. almost every play. He was offsides on on that one uh, block kick, but he, he's making all the plays, and he plays defense. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say that he's our best defensive player. All right. <laughs> And and actually, over Alden Smith, I'll, I'll say no. I'll say no. Alden Smith. Okay, okay, okay. I get. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, true. okay. That's my true. my my bad. But Alden Smith didn't recover the kick against uh, Atlanta, and, you know, and help us win the game. But I got you. I got you. Alden Smith has played played better on defense. <laughs> he has played better on defense. I, I overstepped. No, no. So, so, so today, just thinking about Jalen Smith and all the heat he's getting, it just reminded me of another guy that fans rode into the ground. And I, I laughed and I said, uh, how many folks would like to apologize to Jeff Heath right about now? Who hated on Jeff Heath <laughs> and day. Uh, you know, good. Get him off the field. Well, you'd love to have Jeff Heath on the field right about now. You might even trade a draft pick mm-hmm. to go get Jeff Heath back here. Um, Boy. And, and it just, you know, it just goes to, to me that this thing of people start focusing on one particular player here on this defense as though this guy is the whole problem. When what have we seen the past few years? It's a collective problem here. This isn't one guy. It's not as though, hey, if Leighton Vander Esch got back here, everything's all fixed. No, no, it's really bigger than that. Um, a lot of guys aren't doing what they're supposed to do. But for some reason, people are, people are looking at Jalen and saying, you're the issue, and you're the problem. And then other guys who aren't doing their part in this thing aren't catching the heat either. Ezekiel Elliott, okay, you signed a contract as the highest paid running back in the league. What do you do? You fumble 
and then they get the ball, Cleveland, go right down the field, score a touchdown. He's already had several fumbles this year. Ezekiel Elliott has not been as good as that contract he signed. And if we start breaking this thing down, if you look at people saying, hey, who's performing up to the contract? Jalen is not. Ezekiel's not. Tank Lawrence is not. And we got several guys who've been paid and gotten those second contracts. And you just say, man, where's the production at? What are you doing? And, and it's a problem. But I just find it, I always find it interesting on who we choose to condemn and who we choose to forgive and give passes to. And, and on this defense, you're right. Tyrone Crawford's another guy who's gotten a big contract. Where are you at? You know, do something. And, and that's, that's a problem is your, your big money players are not playing like money players. The only guy right now that I can say is living up to their, their, their end seemingly is Dak Prescott. But even Dak Prescott Zach has got some. He, Zach Martin. Yeah. You know what? Bingo. Zach Martin. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but too many guys, too many of the big money guys are not doing their thing. And it ends up, and it ends up hurting you. Um, it, that, that's a problem. And, and it had to me, look, call out Jalen Smith, fine, fine. But make sure there's other people that are getting called out as well because this is a whole collective thing where the Cowboys are not getting a return on their money. I mean, Danny, how many times have you talked about Amari Cooper and what you wish you got more out of from a guy making $100 million? Has he performed up to $100 million in your opinion, Shane? Who's our best receiver right now? Who, Who would you say is our best receiver? The rookie. I'm, gonna, when I look I'm, at I'm him, calling CD Lamb. Uh, the rookie. The rookie. Yeah, the rookie. <laughs> I'm calling CD Lamb. CD Lamb yeah. has been our most productive and best receiver. He 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 gets he, he's more involved in all the plays. He's running jet sweeps. He's running deep routes. Gotcha. He's running short routes. He's doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. Look, so, you're right. So you're absolutely right. You, you pay you pay a guy twenty million dollars and he's not even the best receiver on the team so far. The, the first quarter of the season does not make any sense. And I say the same thing about Zeke. Yeah, Zeke fumble. Our play calling is not helping Zeke be the dominant player that he is. It's ironic that just this year is his first unproductive year. He hasn't had a year like this since he's been in the league. And just this year, all of a sudden, it's like, damn, we where where is Zeke? <laughs> this this has a lot to do with our coaching and our play caller. And and it's hurting him. He gotta fix the fumbles, but you gotta you gotta you gotta feed him like he's been been fair, you know, for his entire career to get that production out of him. Cause one thing you know is if you give him the ball, he's gonna produce. Hadn't happened. At the quarter mark, mm-hmm. the quarter at the quarter mark of the season, uh, I think all of us can say we have been underwhelmed by the coaching and we've been underwhelmed by the productivity from the talent of what we were told and led to believe was going to be a good football team. All right, uh, Wednesday, let's dive more into the Giants. The return of Jason Garrett to Mark Colombo, Freddie Kitchens, mm. um, Jerome Henderson, guys that are, and uh, oh. uh, Derek Dooley. These guys are all coaching with the New York football Giants. Giants come into town at 0 4. Um, you got to kind of win this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a must win. Gotta win. <laughs> gotta win this one. So we've got a lot more to get to. We always try to tell it to you like it is here on the Players Lounge. So for Danny McCray, Barry Church, our producer Chris Bean, I'm Newey Scruggs. We thank you for watching the Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. 
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?